Good evening, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. It is great seeing y'all. It feels like forever since I've done a 9 o'clock Mass, so it's really good to see you guys. Uh, especially on this great feast day, right? Feast of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of Christ. I, I love this feast day. I really do. And it's hard for me to preach about this feast day because there's so much that I want to talk about. <laughs> that is, it's hard to kind of <laughs> trim it on down, but I'm going to do my best, guys. Because this is the reason why I became a priest. This is why every priest becomes priest. This is why Father Dan was just ordained a priest last weekend. Um, is for this reason, is to be able to celebrate the Mass, is to be able to bring Jesus in the Eucharist to you guys. This is why we do it. We don't do it to become administrators, you know. Um, we, we become priests for this reason. So it's really difficult to take the greatest love of my life and try to trim it down to about 10 minutes, maybe 15. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, as I prepared for this homily, um, I kept going back to something. And I don't want to bring up bad memories, but I kept going back to the moment where we were told that no more public masses. I'm sure every one of you probably might realize or remember where you were at when you heard that, right? Some of you might have been sitting in here. Uh, some of you may have been at work and you were like, no way, this can't be happening. There's no mass this weekend. What's going on? Like, I remember that moment really well. It was a weekday mass and... I had to announce at that Mass, guys, we're sorry, but no more public Masses. It was like having our hearts ripped out, wasn't it? I mean, it was just this horrific experience of like, you got to be kidding me. This can't happen. Not here. And this, this is like a, we're going to wake up and it's going to be a bad dream. Like, this can't be really happening. Yeah, I couldn't help but think that what was happening in all of this, I'm not going to speak about the negative stuff, but the good stuff, what did God do in this? You know, I kept... I kept having these experiences of like the church was Mary Magdalene, right? Remember that moment where Mary Magdalene, uh, she was with Jesus, right? She was one of the, one of the followers of Jesus. Um, she knew him. He was her friend. He was her savior. She had seven demons expelled out of her. <laughs> she saw Jesus raise people from the dead. She saw the healings. And all of a sudden, she saw Jesus crucified and dead on the cross, and then taken and put inside of the tomb. And then on the third day, she's going to bring spices to the tomb. And what, it, what does the Scripture say to us? It says that she got to the tomb, and he was not there. He, was, he had been risen. She didn't realize that. And she sees a man standing there, looks like a gardener, really Jesus, but he's standing there looking like a gardener, and, uh, and she says, tell me, if you've seen him, where have you put him? I will go and get him. You see, Mary Magdalene's heart was stretched in love. She couldn't stand not being with him, not knowing where he was. It's the image of the Song of Songs in the Scriptures. The bride is running through the streets looking for her bridegroom. Have you seen him, she says. Have you seen the one whom my heart loves? That heart is just stretched in love. And I think that's what happened in the church. You as the bride of Christ, the church, your hearts were stretched. You couldn't receive Jesus in the Eucharist. And you longed for Him. Every time I would see people, they, they would say, Father, when are we going to get back to the Mass? And I'm like, I don't know. And they were, like, they were like, Father, I miss the Eucharist. I never once had anybody tell me, Father, I can't wait to get back and hear your homilies. 
Or I can't wait to get back in here, Connor, sing. Good job, buddy. But no one ever said that. Why? Because underneath the longing of our heart, those are good and those are nice, but underneath it was a real desire. I just want Jesus. They've taken him away, and I do not know where they have put him. I'll never forget celebrating Mass right here one day for a weekday. And, um, and as I was celebrating Mass, I realized that there were people sitting outside right here by the stained glass windows. And the only reason why I noticed it was because, you know, on Facebook Live, like it's a few seconds behind, like what you're saying now is a few seconds behind on their end. I could hear me saying Mass outside. And I'm like, I know I'm not bilocating. Um, but, uh, but it was just the weirdest thing going on, right? And I, I was moved. I was, I was moved. I was like, people want to be so close to Jesus. They're right there, right outside, just to be near him. God, what a beautiful witness that was to me to experience that. And so for me, like my experience of all of that was not as the bride. It wasn't like you guys. I never had a day that I didn't receive the Eucharist. Right? I was celebrating Mass every day. I never had a day that I didn't get to go to the chapel and, and see Him. I have a chapel upstairs. Right? I, I never missed that piece. But just as y'all were bringing alive the aching heart of Mary Magdalene wanting to be with Jesus, the part that I was experiencing as a priest was Jesus on the cross. What I was experiencing was Jesus saying, I thirst. I thirst. My priestly heart was thirsting for you. My priestly heart was thirsting for the salvation of souls. My priestly heart was longing to be with you. That iPhone doesn't do it. It doesn't fulfill the longing of the priestly heart. That doesn't give me a connection. My heart was in union with Jesus' heart who says, I thirst for you. I want to be with you. I want to give my body for you. That's the ideal. That's what Jesus wants. And that was the deepest desire. That was the deepest experience of my priestly heart was in union with Jesus' heart that was thirsting alone on Calvary. And I knew that it was efficacious. I knew that this prayer that was happening, although I was by myself, was having an effect on you. Why? Because that's Calvary. We're back on Calvary. We're, that's why we have a cross in the middle of everything. We're back on Calvary and Jesus has given His body for His bride once again every time we come to Mass. And Jesus does that. And, and so I knew that by entering into that, that was the only way that you would continue to have the graces that you needed to get through the tough journey that y'all were on. And so that was what I experienced. And, and it didn't, it, it, I'd never been through that before. But there was a beautiful moment of, uh, of, of just, I don't know, it was like the thirst got quenched. And it was a parishioner approached me. She said, Father, can we do a Eucharistic procession through our subdivision? And some of you experienced those things. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that, right? <laughs> but I didn't. Um, but she did, and I'm grateful for it. And so what happened is we got on the back of a, a golf buggy, and I put my cape on. I felt like Superman flying through the streets, and my cape was flying, and I had Jesus and the Eucharist, and we were going through the streets. And the coolest thing, the most incredible grace happened, is that people 
Some of you were there and started coming out into y'all's yards. And you would kneel down on the grass and you would kneel down on the concrete and little children right there and people would cry and people would have their arms lifted up in prayer. And I was like, this is absolutely incredible. This would have never happened had this experience in our history not taken place. The longing of the heart expressed itself in these Eucharistic processions around town and it was incredible grace that was given. I dare say that if I would have just done that on a whim, on a normal day, without the experiences that we've been having, I don't know how many people would really show up. But because your heart was like Mary Magdalene's heart, longing just to see Jesus, it was phenomenal. And I, as a priest, was blown away by it, by your faith. If you want to prove that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist, it, we do that by our witnessing of our life. I can thump the Bible up on you all day long, but the witness of a person's life proves to someone else that that's more than just a piece of bread. You see, if we were to process through the streets and people are kneeling down and praising in that way and it was just a piece of bread, that wouldn't make any sense. It would make no sense to us that we would do those actions if it was just a piece of bread. I mean, I don't remember recalling anywhere on the news or anywhere in the social media that someone took a piece of evangelism made bread and went through the streets and people knelt down and started worshiping it. It didn't happen. Why? Because that's just a piece of bread. But whenever we take the Eucharist and we go through the streets, <laughs> those actions make sense. Because it's Jesus, not just a piece of bread. And that's what I'm blown away by. That nothing in the Catholic faith makes sense if this isn't who we say it is. If this isn't really Jesus here on the altar, nothing of what we do makes sense. Nothing of you being here at 9 o'clock at night with mask on makes any sense. Like, why are you here, like for real, if it's not for Jesus? Your heart has been longing to be back, and that's incredible, and you're here, and Jesus is here. Nothing of what we do here makes sense. The altar set up the way that it does doesn't make any sense. Why is it elevated up a few steps, and why is there a big cross in the middle of it? Well, it's because this is Calvary. Jesus is present again, giving his body and his blood for us. And so why do we have incense? That doesn't make any sense. I don't do incense because you stink, right? We have incense because it's an image of our prayers being lifted up into heaven. But also, also, check this out. I just learned it this week. Incense is the, you remember in the Old Testament, you had the glory cloud that came down upon the Ark of the Covenant? It's the image of the glory cloud that descends upon the altar. And God now becomes present. He dwells with us. And it's the image of the glory cloud of God coming down. And what was the glory cloud supposed to do? It blurs their image of God. They can't see God as the Israelites. And so the incense should, so to speak, blur our vision. Right? So that we can try to peer into the mysteries of Jesus here in the Holy Eucharist. <laughs> How cool is that? It's like Bishop Robert Barron is the man. But none of what we do makes sense if it's not, if it's not Jesus in the Eucharist. Nothing of you being here makes any sense. Nothing of my life and Father Dan's life and every other priest's life makes any sense if it's not Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. 
Priests, century after century after century, have given their life. Why? Because of this. Nuns have given their lives. Why? Because of Jesus and the Eucharist. Martyrs, men and women of all ages, college age, old age, little age, they've all given their lives, literally shed their blood. Why? Because of Jesus and the Holy Eucharist. Y'all, our lives would be a waste. We would be foolish to be here tonight. I would be wasting my life as a priest. Those martyrs wasted their life if it isn't really, truly Jesus and the Holy Eucharist. Like, that's the bottom line. He gives us every grace we need right there in the Holy Eucharist. Everything we need. And whether we can receive Him or whether we can just behold Him, He gives us everything that we need. Right? And so, I can honestly say, like, seriously, your witness through this whole pandemic has been transformational for me to witness your love for Jesus, your longing for Him. I'll never forget, there was a man that called the office. I didn't get to answer the phone. I didn't get to talk to him, but uh, one of the uh, employees did. Said something to the effect of, um, is Father Mitch there? And she was like, no, he's not here. Can I take a message? He says, well, I'm, I'm from another state. And I was going through Facebook and I saw what was taking place. And he was talking about the processions. He said, I'm not Catholic. He said, and I don't know what he was doing, but it was really holy and it moved me to tears. He said something like that. And I was blown away by it. Like, wow, like that's incredible. Like the witness of your lives changed somebody's life. And I don't even know his name. And he's not even Catholic. Like, that's powerful. If you want to really say, what does the Catholic Church believe? What's the treasures of the church? It's you. Your belief in the Eucharist. Your witness to the Eucharist. It's incredible. It changes the world. So yeah, you could go through and you could, you could show in the Bible where all this is at. Where do we get the Eucharist? Well, it's in Mark chapter 14. It's in Matthew chapter 24. And it's in Luke chapter 12. You can go, Jesus said it. This is my body. This is my blood. You can go through all those things. And that's awesome. You can hit John chapter 6 from today's gospel. Wow. Incredible. Can't argue with this one. I am the bread that came down from heaven, Jesus says. Anyone who eats my body and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. And he will have eternal life. Unless you eat my body, drink my blood, you will have no life. Like these are just Jesus' words. You can't argue with them. So yeah, you could show people that all day long. But the real question, the real witness, is how I live my life because of what I believe. How do I live my life because of what I believe? Well, if I believe it's Jesus, you're here. And people that can't be here, I get it. I totally understand I'm not saying anything bad about that. I get it. Many of you have Eucharistic holy hours. You go to the chapel. You, you, you believe. And your life is transformed because of it. And this is what we're called to. Century after century, for over 2,000 years, you didn't have to argue it and prove to anybody. We prove what we believe by the way that we live as Catholics. And you guys, over these past few months have been a tremendous witness to people in your neighborhoods, but also to me as a priest. Uh, I've been humbled 
in many, many ways because of your love and because of your fidelity and your relentless drive to not give up. Like, it's incredible. And so we come today in Thanksgiving to be able to receive Jesus here in the Holy Eucharist and, uh, and that He has loved us so much to give us His body and His blood to sustain us so that we can get to heaven one day. Amen?